Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hey, hey, hey. And Duncan. Hello. It's a threefer because everyone else is busy, so we are going to be talking about our spotlight topic, which is school anime, why, why not, and so on. And then after the break, we're going to be talking about Dirty Pair, a longtime favorite of Duncan's that I have been watching a little bit of, and Yay. Andy has also apparently been too. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so usually when we start out these topics, I explain why I picked it, but I think it's pretty self-evident that uh, around 98.9% of all anime takes place in a school setting, um, especially a high school setting. And so it's kind of an inescapable question of why set anime at school anime? Uh, what do anime set at schools benefit from that setting? Uh, would some anime be better off not being set at a school? And so on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to go ahead and structure the discussion, I think that there's a taxonomy of uh, anime set at school, which may play into something that Duncan says later. Um, there are four categories. Number one, this school is real. There's actual classes. People go to those classes. Uh, they learn things. A lot of the drama or comedy is about uh, being at a school. Uh, so that's like Nananbiori. Some, to some extent, uh, Honey and Clover with fantasy schools, Little Witch Academia, even Mitsudomoe, um, despite being an absolutely execrable anime, is largely about like what happens in a classroom. Mm -hmm. yeah. And a second tier below is we have clubs, I guess, uh, which is where there's no real school except that people go to a club at the school. Um, sometimes they can have really accurate depictions of school life, but they're always related to the club. I think of like Keep Your Hands Off Isoken or uh, K-Own, or either of the uh, the Airsoft anime that I watched a uh, long time ago, C3Boo <laughs> or Sabagebu. Third, lower down, is school is just a place where things happen. Um, this is basically every romantic comedy ever made, like Boys Over Flowers. They're in a class like twice in all 50 episodes, I would swear. Sinus Espo Sensei, despite them being in class technically, they mm. never talk about school or learning thing. It just is a background. And then finally, the fourth, but also kind of like the Omega existing outside the hierarchy, is what even is school? Like Medica Box or Kill a Kill, where the school, as it's depicted, bears no resemblance to anything remotely being an actual school where people learn stuff. It's just a weird allegory structure for people to, generally speaking, fight. Generally, it's shown in stuff that, that uses this format. So, yeah. What do y'all think? I think that's that's fairly accurate one, Ben. I I, th I think when you look at each of those tiers of school, like there there are obviously ones which which break through it. Like the romance anime yeah. anime ones is is probably I think maybe it's got worse recently that it, it's that <laughs> that uh, as uh, school as a setting becomes more and more just a trope and less and less actually a real constructed thing in anime that you it becomes more and more abstract and less and less actual details get put in like do you yeah. need a teacher <laughs> nah you don't need a teacher that's someone which might get in the way of of of, of the cute classmates flirting with each other yeah, there is there is there is definitely a weird thing of like having the kids fantasy of like school, but no teachers. So it's just like big required hangouts for the characters you care about. Yeah, sounds awful. 
<laughs> I mean, now it does, but at the time. Yeah, but no teachers, as you said, Duncan, no classes before I cut you off. Yeah. Like, and just are there any, like, rules at all? Like, the only time... It, there's, weirdly, I think there's kind of a loop to it in that when you get down to something like kill the kill you often that's when teachers start coming back in that's when rules start <laughs> mattering again they're absurd rules they're insane teachers but they actually start being a thing you worry about like one of my favorite episodes of kill the kill is is no late day where, oh, yeah. which is just uh, one episode about one dumb rule and it's it's marvelous and i love it very dearly but when else in apart from when the girl the the main love interest is running with a piece of toast in her mouth out to to the gates of the school does anyone actually worry about being late in most high school anime like you have to you have to stand outside holding buckets of water or holding like weight <laughs> on your knees right that's the those are like the old school punishments that happen in school anime right yeah. if you're late and and like no one worries about their their results in their classes or tests apart from t- the moment where where they they compare their uh, their results to someone else and sulk about it and like yeah I would call a lot of the th- the things we see as school anime now as school fantasy like I think mm. it's as divorced from reality as something if you, where you have dragons running about there's no it's just a setting it's a setting for teenagers basically i kind of feel like as i said was saying i kind of feel like that's a modern construct that when you go further back i think you see more teachers certainly in older uh, school comedies they will they might be an absurd one but they're they're still there even even if some of them are only remembered for my waifu memes that they still existed, oh, and well, it used to, it used to be that having a, a teacher was an important foil to the comedy because they are the person who does not play along with sort of the sort of thing like uh, onsen in Urasayatsura or as you said the creepy teacher in Azumangadayo. Like yeah, they they're just there to like not get the jokes or to put in a roadblock that has to be circumvented. And I feel like comedy writing has since progressed to the point where they're like, what if there are no roadblocks? What if it's just wall to wall comedy? They're just, yeah. they're just sort of like the teacher, like the natural uh, bokeh to the sukomi, basically. Yes. Although I was going to say like the most prominent example is probably the, almost the, the opposite to that, which is a uh, great teacher on which is very oh, much, yeah. very oh, much so. the, the teacher um, is the problem. Yeah. But incredibly, that's one of those anime where it, it's actually about being a teacher and yeah. like having a school. Like there aren't that many shows about just being a teacher. There's that. And isn't there like an otaku teacher show that came out some years ago? Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Andy's willing to Andy's willing to to spot me that. Yeah, Ultimate Otaku Teacher, uh, Denpa Kyoshi. Uh, so yeah, but otherwise, like you don't usually have anime about the teachers themselves, and so I think even though Inizuka is wild and not indicative of what it is to go to school in Japan, just the fact that like there's a teacher and they get to have a life, they don't like stop existing like object permanent style when when the students leave the classroom. <laughs> uh is is something i don't know i maybe shouldn't be so 
bullish on on great teacher Nizuka. Yeah. It may have held up poorly. I mean, there's uh, certain aspects of it which certainly have held up poorly, but um, <laughs> like the fact that our viewpoint character is an adult is yes something always which, rare, <laughs> which is always rare. Um, like I think in some ways, like the same way we have like healing anime and we have like slice of life. It's school mm-hmm. life. I think is is like a subgenre onto itself where you just have this never ending school life where you can just have things happen without consequences or without problems. Yeah. I mean it's just it's just it's a unifier. It's a it's a unifier for everybody because everybody's gone to school. So everybody knows exactly what it is to be in there. So a lot of the shorthands and a lot of the stuff that you don't need to explain, like why is all these mental people here or why is xyz here why is this guy a dickhead like they are all understandable because everyone's been to school so literally everybody knows it also in japan especially like school and high school second year onwards it's very much like a thing where people are like what are you going to do with your life what are you going to do with with your education like what are you wanting to do and i think that the reason why high schools are so popular is for exactly that like it, mm-hmm. it it's such a melting pot of people like emotionally changing physically changing and sort of like also got this additional thing where they're having to decide at such a young age what it is that they are wanting to do for the rest of their life which is an insane concept because you know i didn't have any Real, actually, that's not true. I did always know I wanted to be a computer nerd. Like, but I mean, I I had an idea, but it ended up being wrong. And yeah. Maybe maybe this one I have right now is also wrong. Exactly. Uh, that's and, something you don't know as a kid. Yeah, and and you know, like looking at uh, this season's great um, blue period, like this guy who's just good at everything, just all of a sudden decides to chuck everything away to become an artist, and it's really like insane and interesting to see a guy be like. I have none of the technique and the foundation. I just have the ability to, or the willingness to, and the love to draw. So I want to be better at this and I want to study this on as a career. Um, Which makes that show really interesting and different, I think, compared to sort of like a lot of other shows in the same sort of vein of, yeah, it's a club, but then also you learn about the thing that they're interested (laughs) in. Yeah, it's it's very rare to have something where they're technically teaching something. There's there's kind of this uh, subgenre of the hobby anime as well. Things like uh, this season, uh, I think Ben's me- mentioned, let's make a mug and that kind of thing. <laughs> where oh, no, you do- definitely not. Where no, that's a bad... I, I can't believe I got a second season. That first episode was garbo. <laughs> or even <laughs> something can't. like, as absurd as it is, Food Wars is probably closer to the structure of a school in that they are they do learn things there are techniques which are commented upon even if it is in a extremely shiny uh i i package i mean <laughs> I, I would say package, that food quote, wars is in that that fourth taxonomy because whilst they do go to a school technically like the the details and the insanity that that school goes through is incredible and it doesn't it's not a school life it's absolutely insane it's a fucking incredible show but it's uh it's not school life really they just <laughs> cook and then they have the ability to go and explore cooking 
um, which in itself is the ability to ex- get the research of the show to like spend money on insane like food chemistry shit, which is wonderful to watch. Mm. I don't think it really teaches you anything. I don't know. I do think I have learned things from Food Wars, like stuff about the ways of cooking stuff, which I didn't know before. Sure, season one maybe, but when you're at season five, baby, then that shit's all off, <laughs> okay. all out of hand. That's and... fair. It's so funny that uh, that we have we have something that's as universal experience at school, and then so many shows feel the need to pare it down to just like, oh, and here's the club, and all of the scenes at school will be at the club. Because I think we have an, an institution that already fulfills that use, and it's called college, where <laughs> you do go somewhere, and then you mostly focus on one thing for your in, for your entire life. And there are shows that focus on college, Honey and Clover, Genshiken, Golden Time to some extent. No Domain um, is, is like my yeah. obvious one. Me. What about that running yeah. show? <laughs> that's, like, that's true. That's also, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Run With The Wind. Um, there are a lot of these, but it really does seem like just the universality of, of high school, uh, the deadline that's very dramatic. Like if you meet a girl at college and like it's a romance for the ages, you'll probably just get married when you graduate college. But if you meet a girl who's a romance for the ages in high school, then graduating becomes this incredible tension point. And so, I don't know, it's really interesting to see how different schools, different, geez, different anime conceptualize school and how they see the stakes of what is a compulsory part of the vast majority of people's lives, at least in Mm. first world countries. Um, You can't, you have so many anime that are just like, oh, every single scene takes place in the moments between classes, like uh, like Azumagadayo or Nichijo or Daily Lives of High School Boys or Haven't You Heard I'm Sakamoto or <laughs> or any sort of like gag thing where, yeah, it just it, it's literally just something that happens at school and has nothing to do with school. It could happen. It could be very easily adapted to a workplace comedy. Tonari no Seki-kun could take place at an office, but it takes place at school, partially because its audience is school age and partially because, I don't know, it's just a I default have, for the industry now. I have, a, I have two reasons why I think it's high school over university. I think, <clears throat> number one, I, I think that um, there's a romance to high school that I think is very much held up in... Japanese society, like the, the the uniforms, all that kind of stuff is is very much like romanticized. Also, I I think that the the ability not to drink maybe takes <laughs> makes you more clear on your universe on your college days than maybe your university days. And I think that the the type of comedy That's dark Andy <laughs> when ahead. when it's drinking. Usually heads in one direction, which is funny, but I, I may... You mean I, accidental smooches? Because that's a lot of high school a- anime, too. Accidental <laughs> smooches, throwing up on the streets. Like, it doesn't stop. Yeah. But I do genuinely think that, like, that sense of adulthood <laughs> when you're at university, I think, ruins the romanticism of it a lot. Whilst when you're in high school, you're not an adult yet. You're a child and you still have, let's face it, no responsibilities. And that's why it gets away with everything. Yeah, it's on the eve. You really brought it out in my mind. It is on the eve of your first like big life choice because you haven't made that many choices 
oh. big choices moving up through school, but you're about to start making decisions, which I guess is is of a fine enough definition of what it means to be an adult. Um, like and <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like if you sorry, if you if you uh, like high school, like the high school anime, there there is also a trend of. People always say, like, oh, why did you choose this high school? Because you do have to make a decision as to what high school you go into. And some of them is just like, I like the university. I like the the, uni- the uniform. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their logic. There's nothing. That's true. That's true. Past that. <laughs> yeah. But like, it generally seems that if you if you care about that decision, the answer is the nicest school you can get into seems to be the, mm-hmm. the choice, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily the case. I mean, maybe it is. I am not incredibly familiar with the Japanese university system, but like, I feel like there are different universities for different specialties of study, as opposed to just like, there's the good high school and then there's the average high school. And then there's the shitty loser high school and where you're going depends on what kind of anime show it's going to be, whether it's going to be a a delinquent brawler or (laughs) a like fine boned romance about uh, a perfect girl and a perfect guy and how they're secretly both not perfect. I mean, I think going to universities of it, like like you said, I think it's kind of like you have your Tokyo U, which is basically the English Oxford Cambridge, and then everything else is specialised, um, or you just have a university and it doesn't really matter. But I do think there are certain ones where if you want to do certain career paths, like a lawyer, like a politician, you have to get into these certain universities, otherwise doesn't really matter but i feel that's the same in the us and the uk as well right yeah i mean there's ivy and then there's everything else but that's that's as as dumb and fake as everything and to get back on topic (laughs) yes um, (laughs) i think something which andy hit upon there which is interesting is that there's this um moment between school and college where you're you're deciding what to do and things like blue period are 100 percent about that choice but i think it also sometimes comes up and actually one of my my favorite depictions of someone's school life is a, a free line where i think school is shown as sort of the rhythm of the the younger members of the family's life and we get a sense of how they have to make choices around whether Ray has to decide how much he's prepared to commit to Shogi and how much he's prepared to risk his him having no nothing apart from Shogi in his life if he doesn't graduate and or even have a school life. Like that's one of the, like the fact that his teacher has a discussion with him, like which says like you're only going to have this in your life once this this opportunity to have a school life. Do you want to to give up that up just to pursue this one thing and have it be the totality of your life? And I think that's an interesting opposite to all the other shows where it's just assumed like you you have this school life and it's it's been part of what everyone has. But Ray didn't have that. He because he was this prodigy. He was always away from school. He was never part of all that those things which. Ray would love school anime. <laughs> He'd be able to live vicariously through it. Yeah, I I put uh, March comes in like a line in the first category. This this school is real because you don't you don't have a bullying arc uh, as good as that and not get honorary like a show about school status from me. Yeah, um, because yeah, that part of the second season is stupendous and. Yeah. 
really hits and, home. Uh, yeah, and it's it's very real. It's not about romanticizing it. In fact, it it plays with a lot of the tropes that we know of of how like a bullying incident, especially in a Japanese school. If you've watched a lot of anime, you know how it's supposed to go down. Um, but there's there's no savior except for time and resiliency and admitting defeat if you can't deal with it anymore. Um, and that's yeah. I <laughs> will never go never go past a chance to to praise that arc of March Comes in Like a Lion, which is generally just a great show about how people really experience the things that we often put as uh, tropey recreations or fan service of something. Speaking of, of both traumatic schools and fan service, how do you two feel about Eva's place as a school anime? Would, if I say I think that if you, when you look at it structurally, it has teachers, it has something which is being taught, it has classrooms, it it has all the structures that a school has. The fact that they're being taught to uh, drive giant robots is beside the point. It's it's still a school, and there's still a figure of authority in Sato, which isn't pre- present in the majority of school things. Like you have this person whose job is. To, at least on the surface, <laughs> to to teach them this thing, to make sure they learn what they have to learn before they graduate. And Andy, have you watched the the final one yet? No. Damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, and you can can I think like without spoiling at all, I think you can argue that the the final one is a graduation from childhood to adulthood. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds just... like all of all of Anna's endings, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> true. I don't know. I don't think it's a school anime at all. Why not? I will say, I will say that <laughs> that oftentimes Evangelion uses the symbology of school and also the weird, like so because of the second impact. We're gonna get some not so deep lore, but probably sounds like deep lore if you haven't watched Evangelion. Because of the second impact, <laughs> like there's per- it's permanently summer. <laughs> permanently summer in japan like the cicadas the uh the axis got knocked so it's just always like hot and humid and the cicadas are blasting away and so to have that specific soundscape the like unambiguous language of summer while everyone's stuck indoors taking classes and i know japan doesn't have the same like summer break thing that uh that Americans at least do, but there is kind of a weirdness of like all the sounds of like summer and like lazy days. And they have that massive, like cloud massive. That's always used as like a sign of summer in the art of anime. And they're sitting indoors. And I think 90% of what we see them actually do in the classroom is have role taken and Ray not be there. But otherwise it's, it's just, it's part of the like defamiliarization and the weirdness that Eva is going for to have, this like structure of a school anime um, while this whack shit is going on. And then Ano took that and made Kare Kano, which is really, it is a romance, but it is like about school. Like they share each other's homework and like, there's, there's a, a very long cultural festival arc that is contentious in some circles because <laughs> people are wrong. I can uh, never, I will never, I will never pass up a cultural festival arc. Like they're yeah. always entertaining. Always Even fun. if they do like the most boring thing and they put on like a maid cafe, who cares? I don't care. Serve me that yakisoba. 
bet it's cold i don't care i mean isn't there also an evangelion manga series which is just them at school and there is no threat to humanity there are several of them but i think it's shinji akari raising project that you're thinking of <clears throat> or, oh I, there's also angelic days also that's the one i'm thinking of evangelion expert <laughs> and that, that definitely does seem to be something where that's not uncommon where I think there's a version of that for fate and there's obviously a version of that for Harumi as well, where they'd go, well, let's just remove the fantastical from their lives and just have them sitting around in, in school. Uh, what kind of Haruhi wasn't a god and everyone was just going to school because they're, they're normal people. Yeah. Stop asking oh, questions. Oh, what about Isekai Quartet? That is literally a bunch of <laughs> school of like crazy people going. I to haven't school. seen this, so you have to. I haven't seen this, so you have to fit this into I the taxonomy. Is this quartet fits in more than most? Isekai <laughs> quartet is about and like four isekais going to a school. Yeah, because they're all. But do they actually like? Do they, do you actually see lessons happen? Yeah, yeah. They okay. they're all sitting well, there doing lessons, go. and then you got some massive skull face motherfucker being like, "What is the point of this?" Why, why would I need to learn about like arithmetic? Um, I don't know where it'd fall in the taxology. Uh, I mean, that sounds like it 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 resides at the higher highest level of reality. This school is real, so I would say it, I would say it would be the bottom because it's definitely not real because it's an isekai within what? an isekai. Like they <laughs> they dub they double down on the isekai and it. Makes... Do they learn math though, Andy? Do they learn math at any point? <laughs> Probably. I honestly can't yeah, remember. It's sorry. been a while. <laughs> no, it's the, top, it's the top of the taxonomy then. If they have to like trade math homework or uh, actually read something up on the board, then I feel like that is as verisimilitudinous as school gets in Japanese anime. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah, <laughs> but it's mostly done as a joke, right? Like a fucking hundred age Got bad news vampire. about anime for you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good old set in the high school. It's actually funny because, like, I was I was trying to talk to I was on a Discord server and I was saying like, oh, this is a show that I'm enjoying. Like, I can't remember which one it was, but it was one of the many high school things or like anime. And they're like, I don't get anime. I don't get why it's always in the high school. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I can't argue against that because most of its audience is in a high school. Honestly, yeah, yeah well, there's that as well, right? Like, it's really bad. I know that you've been lulled into complacency, dear listener, by listening to three late 20s, early 30s men talking about <laughs> about anime. But no, it's mostly for kids. Yeah. Uh, it's just I on think... at midnight. Anyway. <laughs> well, now that we're all deflated, um, what are your what are your favorite school situated anime and why? Favorite. <laughs> Sorry, that's a big that's a big a big dropper. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think if if you go favorites, then I probably have to go for No Dome. Just not because it's the best, but just because it was one of the. It was the first show I watched, which both had a young adult audience and cast, where it wasn't solely aiming itself at the the typical school. Am I actually doing a college show instead? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, mine's going to be college so go on ahead yeah. so yeah college I counts mean, it's school <laughs> i i just like the fact that i learned stuff about music which i had absolutely no idea from it that it had a strong cast who actually grew up and who time passed for and like, like that but that time passing and graduating and being drawn apart is some of the 
just seeing which friendships endure graduation and which just that guy was like your closest friend and you then you graduated and you haven't spoke to him ever since like i have things like that in my past and i don't know why that happens with some people and why that doesn't with others but a show which actually looks in on that and like says okay here's this demarcation point and suddenly what happens to your relationships yeah that was good it was it was it was something i related to yeah, I kind of am the same way with me loving Genshiken as an example. I love it as clearly they're all doing their own majors and everyone has their own interests that are pertaining to them, but they're going to these they're going to these meetings, they're aging up out of the out of the, the club. One of the best parts of Genshiken is just that the older generation graduates and gets jobs and they can't attend the club as much anymore <laughs> and a new generation takes over. Um, I will always love forever and ever how the first season um the names are like sociology the names of each episode are sociology dissertation titles and it's revealed at the end of the first season that the weird spacey like perma senior uh president of the club is actually a grad student who's been doing a dissertation on the sociology of otaku and <clears throat> the episode titles are chapters in his dissertation i i love it so much it's a joke for me like this is <laughs> that's good this is that that's one good. junji ito where like there's a bunch of the whole people shaped holes in the wall of the of a mountain <laughs> and they all go in but yeah no, no seriously the episode titles are stuff like problems and merits of local culture promotion the sublimating effects of dissimulation brought on through makeup and costume on mental obstacles aspects of behavioral selection and interpersonal relationships comparative study of production models and processes uh, I love it. It's so good. It's the funniest thing. Um, there aren't that many anime about writing a dissertation, so I take what I can yeah. get. Yeah, everybody. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, there should be, though. I would eat the shit out of that. I guess we have the dictionary anime, which is not a dissertation, but is as boring as one would be. So, <laughs> so wa Amu. Highly recommended. Yeah, although you just said it was boring, so... Hmm. I mean, it's boring in a fun way. Oh, that classic There's There's our episode title. You're welcome. <laughs> um, sure. I'm, I'm, I mean, my, my favorite anime is Foodie Cootie. It's set in a high school, so I'm just going to say Foodie Cootie. So it's boring. But Is it because you like the, the chopsticks scene where she's teaching oh, them chopsticks? I fucking love that chopstick scene. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> also, as we're wrapping up this segment, just going to say... <laughs> You will fail to mention your favorite anime of 2010, which was Flowers of Evil, and it's been 50 minutes. Andy, it's on my list. I just didn't want to to drive you to anger. <laughs> You've had a lot of changes in your life lately. I wanted to like, keep something nice and stable. And I no, Flowers of Evil anime. <laughs> Flowers of Evil definitely is situated in school is just a place where things happen. Um, because yeah, yeah, like there what happens in the class is completely immaterial short of the fact that uh the one girl brought bloomers and what's his face stole them i clearly I, treasure this anime's memory because i remember all the characters uh, names. i disagree though i think it's i think it's the top one i think i think it's purely about school life because it's about the social pressures and anxieties that you get whilst being at a school that's interesting that's that uh because yeah i think you're making an argument between the like explicit curriculum of school versus the experience of being a kid at school um i had been a bit more literalist but that is i think a good point mm. uh flowers of evil is a lot like 
uh, being a horny 16 year old boy. <laughs> like it's, it captures that very, very accurately, just like Evangelion captures being a 14 year old horny boy very yeah. accurately. And isn't that the crux of school really? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Just being so horny and no one can find out or they'll make fun of your boner. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and your mom loves you, but you have to be away from her for like eight to 10 hours a day. The world is scary. You're not ready for college. Uh, I'm also gonna chuck in a raised mate. Sure, why not? That's, that's What's kind that? of a fun one. The one about uh, none of you remember it. I remember it. I just didn't like it. <laughs> he double downs on the schools. He's in high school, and then he goes back in time to when he's in a preschool. We've had a couple yes, of those, haven't we? Though recently, we've yeah. had like wasn't there, yeah, wasn't there the like the delinquent one where he goes back uh, in time Tokyo. and relives high school? Tokyo Avengers, which you yeah. loved so much, and then disappointed you so much. Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've still got to watch the rest of it. Actually, on a side note, can I, sorry, real side note, there is. <laughs> I didn't realize that I was watching the um, the censored version of Tokyo what? Avengers because the Tokyo Avengers has a has the Buddhist um, swastika in it. Oh, and so they have spent an extraordinary amount of money censoring out every Buddhist swastika. In that show, um, so it's there in the original wild. broadcast, but not on the thing which There's is shown over here. There's one which is okay. literally—it's just got the Buddhist symbol of the swastika, and then there's another one that comes out on Crunchyroll which doesn't have it. It's just censored out because I guess they don't want people to realize that there's a swastika in the show. Well, in going, places anime Nazis. somewhere like Germany, that would just be simply banned. Like even just with an accidental showing of it you're just not allowed to, allowed to do that in germany so like yeah no yeah. well no because it's the wrong way it's the other way around it's not a swastika it's the other way around it's what hitler stole to make the swastika yeah yeah but but even something that closely for, resembling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sensors no, don't care just it's just weird it's just wild it's just like there's there's a shot of them all walking into a black fucking like space on the OV, um, opening and just like oh there's better be there's better be their banner there which has a massive swastika uh, on it. <laughs> speaking speaking of school shows that really didn't have to be school shows, uh, Blood Sea, the uh, the sequel to Blood Plus that I really hated despite it being a Mizushima Tsomu uh, production, like there are a lot of like decapitations and, and arm removals there, and it's just like. <laughs> The magical beam of light and the magical like wave of shadow. It's uh, whole chunks of entire episodes are just unwatchable because just like half the screen is is just black and like you can't see anything and you can hear someone screaming and you can hear the hiss of blood that anime loves. But uh yeah, just like this like rush of blood as it like fountains out of someone's arm. But you can't see that. No, no. Or it's like JoJo's bizarre adventure where they covered up the smoking. Uh, censorship uh, in anime should be a topic for another period because there's a lot of it. That would be good. That would be good. It's covered very clumsily. <laughs> One Piece being the best. I think One Piece is the best censorship ever. But then get, eventually we'd, we'd ultimately go into four kids stuff with like hamburgers and they have like finger guns because mm-hmm. they've deleted the guns from the anim- from the animation. Delicious hamburger. <sighs> <laughs> we gotta protect those school kids. They can't. They can't see that kind of violence. Yes, they can't we, see. They can't see onigiri and swastikas. We have another to episode title. We have to do. <laughs> we have to do censorship. This is now being off the topic. We have to do censorship as a yes. As an yes. <laughs> this great? Decided. You've been here. This is how our list gets built, <laughs> listeners. You've watched it in action. Right. <laughs> 
Shall we move on to the break? Okay, now? closing yeah, closing comments, and then we can move on to Dirty Pair after the break. <laughs> um, um, I was hoping for more Kari Kano conversation because I think that speaking of shows that are about being a kid at school, like the obsession over grades and appearance, that's given such a front front row, especially in the first core of Kari Kano, mm. is in her circumstances. I think is really good. And also, when they share their homework, they have actual formulas on the homework as opposed to just being like scribbles or just blurry text that they don't have to actually have a real lesson to learn. I think... Anyway. An- another one which is kind of different is uh, Garden of Words, which is about a, a oh. very a student and a teacher, but is it's kind of inverse. It's, it's two people whose current situations are defined by what has happened in school, and yet none of it takes place in school. It's more about in one's case what he wants to become and what he wants to learn who he wants to become and in the other case someone who's just been traumatized by her experience of teaching and of trying to like i think as you say in free line like there's a in anime a script that a teacher intervening in something the results and are supposed to follow. They they do the right thing. Everyone's happy instead of sometimes they do the right thing. They get a whisper campaign behind their back. They're mm-hmm. traumatized and lose all sense of taste and end up having sitting under a pagoda, getting their feet measured for weird shoes. Well, not weird shoes, but handmade shoes. I mean, it's worth mentioning I mean, that you know, like the the role of a teacher is so much different in Japan than it is in England or in the US like but like in Japan the teacher's sort of like a, a especially like a homeroom teacher is like a second parent in a way like if you get caught smoking for example or you get into trouble by the police like they don't go to your parents they go to the teacher first mostly yeah. mostly because it, it's a way that they can instantly find them if, especially if they're wearing <laughs> a school uniform they can be like oh he's part of this youth school let's go to this school and let's speak to this home teacher, you know, like it, and they will do that before they'll go to like the kid, the parents. And that is still happening today. That, that is the de facto way that they do it. So there's is more it to possibly like provide more of a cushion from the student with their parents might flip out. Or is it literally just a, a procedural thing of like the, the teacher has more power over their life. I think it's a pretty leading. I think (laughs) it's both. I think it's. I think it's exactly that. It's like one. You don't know how the parents are going to react. Also, if they've got a bad home life, then maybe the teacher would be able to have some sense of discipline and structure more, especially school. And then also, yeah, like you said, they they have more control over their ultimate grades, and which is a bit bad. But you know, that's just the ways it is. Okay, let's wrap it up then. Uh, we will take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk about Dirty Pair, which I think has been alluded to and briefly discussed, but now now Ben's going to repeat all of Duncan's thoughts from like two years ago, <laughs> uh, which is what everyone comes to hear. Yeah, love it.
And we're back. So, as promised, we're going to be talking about Dirty Pair, but first, Andy has something to say about Azure Lane, which sounds <laughs> like a piece of productivity software to me, but... I mean, yeah, it also doesn't help that when I said it to you before the pre-record, you're like, your lane? Your your name? Yeah, we've talked I thought about you said your name. I thought you said your name, no <laughs> lie. I was like, man, Andy's not how to say, how to say your name. <laughs> No, Azure Lane, the popular uh, mobile game, which has become an anime um, of fall 2019. Uh, so, and also not to get confused with Full Light, Full Azure Lane Slow Start, which is another <laughs> spin-off anime where it's just the three main, I say main in quotation marks because it really isn't, uh, main <laughs> girls just doing cute things, doing cute girls doing cute things stuff. Anyway, Azure Lane, as I'm sure you all know, is the amazing um, series where I like shit the pause. girls become <laughs> horny, sexualized girls. Um, That's ship with a P, by the way. Again, yeah, if someone ship, misunderstood Andy. Ship girls. And it has all its similar problems that I've raised in previous shows like this, like Apote and um, Girls and Panzer, where they will do the... Yeah, English and the Western ones, but they'll also just chuck in Nazi ships because uh, who doesn't like an Admiral tip Tipper uh, just mm -hmm. entering in looking like a premature mm -hmm. schoolgirl or um, <laughs> fucking, I uh, can't remember, uh, Prince Eugen being a horny oh, hey, that's fetish what, that's the, girl. Uh, that's, isn't that the ship that accompanied uh, the Bismarck during its maiden voyage? I know this stuff. The Wait Bismarck is also Bismarck. in there. Oh, great. Yeah, the they all look... They, this Does is she gonna sink? Be a, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised. Be <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be a unifying uh, a, a trait, Andy, of the, the artwork which appeared when I Googled this. Uh, th yeah. They, they I mean, do like their thighs and they do like their thigh highs. I mean, if you okay. also want... Got, if you also gotta want check to this out. Sorry, BRB. Also, also, if you want to have a really fun uh, Google search, Azure Lane Bremerton. That is, uh, that is one amazingly idealistic thing of what um, they think Americans look like as well. Is she wearing a baseball cap? I don't know what the fuck she's wearing. <laughs> no, she's wearing she's wearing a visor. I thought it was a baseball cap. Uh, I'm like, wow, they're really just going for like, yeah, Americans like baseball caps. Ben, you're 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 getting confused with. Uh, oh no, yeah, she does have a visor. So there's also the incredibly horny sports day version of her, um, which has midriff showing, which got all them guys crazy. Um, so what do you have to say for yourself, Andy? I'm a terrible human being. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I would just say that, I mean, I kind of got into the video game before, and I say video mm -hmm. game loosely because it's it's pretty much just like a mobile game where you grind shit and get numbers up. Um, and then and then you just randomly open boxes and get ship girls, um, which is better or worse than horse girls. You can make your decision. Uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely better than tank girls. Probably. <laughs> well, it's a good job. Uh, uh, girls and Panzer separates the two. They're not not tank yeah. girls. They're girls. In and there's tanks. So yeah, this, this is important. this isn't like Upate where yes, they where they Upate. are guns and also represent guns. Or uh, or Hitalia, guns. which is they're literally country um, country boys. Uh, yeah, it, it's. But I would say that the interesting thing about 
the series is that the mobile game supposedly has a really deep and interesting lore. If it is, I can't fucking find it. I think it's all in this anime um, because uh, <laughs> the anime is actually starting off with this. Uh, I guess I don't even know if it's a traditional World War Two war between um, the the west east and that the west tra- that traditional world war ii war the traditional <laughs> world war ii allies of world, world Sakura... war ii two part two, two just like slime <laughs> yeah of, of the the sakura empire and the iron dominion against are those the, the bad guys i hope yeah and then that's japan and you can never tell ben germany <laughs> um and then there's the the royal bloods and the eagle union are the british oh, no. and english <laughs> and they are just fighting over the the admiral who so far hasn't exist come into play yet but i think but he's like the producer there. from idol master or something yeah right? he is like okay. you as a character the video game is wild and i'm not going to get too <laughs> much into it um but it is quite fun the fact that this thing exists like it doesn't make sense how they're fighting on on sea. They just kind of jump into like these weird. They don't have the stupid like army, the floating battalion shit that they have attached to them. That's like some weird stuff that they just attach afterwards when they're about to go into battle. Don't know. It makes no so, sense. <laughs> so why this over Kantai collection? Because it's in English. Okay. The Kantai collection is. <laughs> I did try also I tried to watch Kantai Collection for what it's worth for my sins but they it seems like there's certain characters in Kantai Collection who are very popular and the anime at least for what I watched just didn't include them this one has all <laughs> the big hitters straight from the off you know you got Akagi you got Washington you got Laffy you got all the big ones that you know and love from the actual video game and I've actually bothered to animate them and make them look nice and that's quite enjoyable you got illustrious, uh, you know, it's it's great. Yeah. Or if you've played poured like two months into this game. If you've not, then I would just say don't bother. Um, but they clearly know their audience, which is people who have played this highly popular mobile game. You um, like big ships and you cannot lie. Exactly. I can't. Anyway, I'm a piece of shit. Moving on. Dirty pair. <laughs> I mean No, I think- no, no, before you before I let you go away, like what's your favorite like running joke or arc in Azur Lane? Uh, I don't think there is one. <laughs> so... <laughs> Come on, Andy, we're on an anime podcast. I haven't watched enough of it, to be okay. fully honest. I will they, come would you say it's you. not funny though, so far, then? Is that what you would accuse it of? I mean, it, it, feels, like, it, Falls? it feels like sort of the characters aren't in it enough to be really get um, to really have a, a running gag through it if that makes sense like if the they they all sort of introduce because there's so many characters in this thing there's like 300 or something and they introduce at least 30 in the first episode alone like there's not enough gags to really enjoy i would say my favorite is laffy who's just a lazy rabbit girl and every time you see her she's just lazing on a bench and i enjoy that energy I like but that energy of her doing nothing. She's at least got some personality beyond a like uh, national stereotype. Then, yes, exactly. Um, and that makes her top tier amongst <laughs> ship girls. Top, 
I mean, it's just because otherwise it's just awkward, right? Like, I'm pretty sure illustrious her joke is that she's got massive boobs, but that's just a terrible trope that I don't even enjoy. Um, well, fine, enjoy, but you know, right? As a joke, I guess. I'm I'm now having a horrible worry. Like, I I now want to know what illustrious looks like, just to reassure myself that Maria illustrious doesn't look like her. Because They're named after I, the same I, thing, Duncan. I know, but I wouldn't I wouldn't it put trapped. it wouldn't put it past uh, Anna. Like, are you protective? Are you protective of Mary illustrious Makanami? Because that's a wild stance to have, even post Evangelion yeah. finale. She has she has giant tits and she's got a big white one piece and she can't. She has very bad posture and um, can't can't keeps tripping over because supposedly she can't see the ground because her boobs are so big. That is literally her character. Um, and you're laughing, so I guess it's working. <laughs> oh dear! But then she that tries to be a demure British lady. On top of that, what uh, a British lady! Yeah, demure British lady. Oh, I dare say, <laughs> can we go see the Queen? Queen Elizabeth also exists. She's a little bratty kid. Kid, I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, that probably appeals to to, to y'all royals. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, anyway, okay. Well, speaking of, speaking of, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of bratty kids, uh, let's talk about Dirty Pair. So I previously have mostly been aware of Dirty Pair as that DVD box set that comes up for like pennies every time Right Stuff has a has a sale on anime DVDs and Blu-rays. But Duncan ended up watching it. I don't know what your genealogy of watching Dirty Pair was when you finally came to. To buckle down was it just like two fashionable it, it, ladies it was, was it, it was li- literally cyberpunk? just seeing seeing a, a gif of the titles of um uh one of the ova's project eden and just going Woo! that noise in particular there are some, i will say before we talk about anything else there is literally one scene in the last episode i watched episode seven where like a rock hits stairs and the fractures spider out really accurately and i was like wow someone Someone had a great week animating that, and they will never be—they will never be known for just like hand doing like spiders creeping upstairs from an impact, spider web, mm. spider web cracks. Um, yeah, I. So I wanted to watch a new anime after I finished uh, some of the stuff that I was watching previously. I've kind of—I mean, after I finished uh, review Starlight, I was like, like, "Okay, what now?" Former Duncan <laughs> recommendations like. Only yeah, a couple of years late. <laughs> You'll watch the second season of Eccentric Family soon. Oh no, I watched that. I watched that about five or six months ago. I liked it a lot. Uh, don't worry. No, it's just uh, Kageki Shoujo and Dirty Pair, and I think I watch every no Nadami Cantabile, uh, and then I'll have watched everything you like ever, and you can just retire gracefully from the show. Seems like it. <laughs> but uh, but no, um, I wanted to watch something that wasn't. Uh, Utena adjacent magical girls so it was either going to be magical night ray earth uh, or dirty pair and i wanted some space and honestly that's been a misjudgment because they don't spend a lot of time in space as the dirty pair uh this is about two girls k and yuri who work for the uh wwwa um, which is a bounty hunter slash troubleshooting slash soldier of fortune agency um 
they are notorious across the galaxy, not as the lovely angels, their official title, but as the dirty pair, because everything they get into ends up with the entire thing blowing up and millions of dollars of property damage. Just kind of a faintly proto Vashta Stampede thing going on where mm. like no one wants them around because every time they do something, they, they fuck it up. Um, but they're also very competent professionals. And Kay uh, is hot-headed and likes big manly men. And Yuri is calm and demure and is kind of a brainiac. Uh, I've been enjoying it. I didn't enjoy it until I was like, this is kind of like proto-cowboy. This is obviously something that Shinichiro Watanabe was watching at some point in his life. And then later he made Cowboy Bebop because they just do jobs. The jobs are usually humiliating or aren't worth the money. Um, they cause a lot more of a problem than they should cause. And then they're like, oh, well, us ladies got to stick together. And that's the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> so there are ones that are better and ones that are worse. When they came across this like magical, not magical, massive, mystical garbage disposal robot that was like targeting them. And they had to like do something that was almost out of like memories, like Magnetic Rose to like destroy it. Or when a rich tycoon's son runs away with his supposed captor and we learn what I would call very late 80s anime twists uh, about her gender identity. Uh, <laughs> but they all end up like launching themselves into space to be like frozen for 50 years to like hope that the problem solved then. It's very madcap, very fun. Um, it's beautiful in a mid eighties way reminds me a lot of sailor moon where like, I'm just tuning out the art and then suddenly like there's a scene where I'm just like, Whoa, Whoa, who did that? Uh, and, <laughs> and it doesn't come back and there's just stills of people's faces with the mouths cut off. So you can't see them talking. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, what do you, if you want me to, to guide me to love this anime as much as possible, Duncan, what, sh what should I focus on moving forward? I think it's an interesting show because it's kind of on the boundaries of cyberpunk, but in a weirdly optimistic way. There's this huge amount of collateral damage they cause, but things tend uh -huh. to work out well in the end. Like it's it's like things are fucked up up on a, a sort of macro level, but day to day they are just getting things done, having fun, and it's I think like. One of the things I, I love about its animation is just how vibrant it is compared to many contemporary works. Like the way it treats technology is often far more colorful and far more not optimistic about its use, but um, optimistic about it as a possibility. Like it's just like, I think for me, the high point of it, of the, the stuff is one of the OVA's Project E. Eden, which has both the worst alien ripoff monsters you'll find, and I think actually one thing one thing we should mention is their 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 dress sense, which is essentially uh, leather pants and uh, well wrestler. It's wrestler. Yeah. It's eighties eighties rest girl wrestlers, which is uh, I read on the Wikipedia article for this was the inspiration as they had an American author come sci-fi author come visit and he called like a pair of wrestlers that they took him to at a, at a ladies wrestling event uh they're like they're called the beauty pair but they should be called the dirty pair and so <laughs> yeah it's it has a very wrestling sensibility actually i should i'll show this to andy afterwards because there's this 
uh, they have this weird sort of almost mech suit, which still maintains the same, like, just wrestler uh, bra and uh, pants look, yet while still having missile launches. And uh, I think Azerlane <laughs> may have took some hints from that when it decided how a ship girl was going to have of being wearing nothing and still having heavy artillery. Um, I'm not saying good things about it at the moment. Um. (laughs) So whenever you watch a sci-fi anime, there's or any sci-fi media in general, there's always a a moment of triangulation where you're trying to figure out like how far in the future based on our current or their contemporary idea of what future tech was going to look like. um, Is this like, there's a whole thing when we're watching, when me and my, um, my partner are watching the expanse and like it's vaguely about 300 years from now but we're not sure and they don't they're not explicit about it one thing i like about dirty pair is like they have the technology to make new stars they have they are wildly technologically advanced and yet zero of our social problems have been solved <laughs> so it's it's a very interesting just like they now have like yeah like warping between galaxies trivial utterly trivial uh, starting new suns, building arcologies, building Dyson spheres, not that hard. And at the same time, just like crime and anti-trans bigotry and all these things are just, they're the same as they were in the late eighties. And I'm kind of charmed by that. There's no attempt to imagine a better society, just a more technological society. And I do find that part enjoying. An important question, Ben, like, are you on the uh, team uh, K or team Yuri? Yuri, all the way. Not even a not not even an oh, important question to me. Uh, I, I, no, I think... do you don't want to date a hot headed girl? You don't want to ha- be partners with a hot headed girl. All she does is fuck things up. K is the close. I mean, K is K is the problem. Yuri is the closer, as far as I'm concerned. And maybe that reveals something about me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that I I I think that that. That K is the problem. Is the interesting part about her? It probably says something about me. Well, well sure. Because she, there's literally an episode. I think it's when, um, when they're transporting like the mirror that can be like they have this mirror crystal that can be used to start a sun because they're going to build a new space colony. And so they have like a million ships because piracy is still a problem. They have a million ships. They have like a thousand ships that all have like fake ones, and one has the real one. And it's because there's a bunch of pirates that want to steal them. But. uh but yeah, there's like literally three different instances in that episode where Kay's like, okay, I'm going in. And Yuri's like, what? Where? Where? Are you, what are you? What are you going in? What are you doing? And, and Kay's like, can't talk now. Just got to keep going. And like, what? No. Tell me what you're doing. <laughs> it's it's a very good dynamic, at least. You wouldn't steal a son, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> got to gotta fight a space pirate who's her like ex-childhood friend. And he's a lady killer. And he's a lady killer in a very funny like mid 80s Japanese way where he's like got a shirt that's like undone to his navel and like long beautiful Kurokami hair just like long black hair in the very like Hime style and like this guy breaks hearts for a living and it's like no he looks like an extra from Flashdance but Yuri and Faye from Bebop have a a lineage a definite lineage not just in the way they look because that that outfit is definitely has some similarities with the way Faye looks, but in kind of being like, like the the put upon one in in the group, like the one who is right. like oh just like 
the, cl- the closer, uh, like I said, the person who's yeah. got to finish the whatever has been done. The archetypal thing in Bebop for Faye, Faye for me is either her is her just sighing about something uh, Spike has done, just like sitting down, going, "Why am I doing this? I guess I'm doing this," and then just. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because uh, because the voice actress, um, I'm not familiar with all her roles. She apparently has a bit on. Uh, Kimagure Orange Road that I don't know because I still need to watch Kimagure Orange Road, but she's a uh, she's Shinobu in Urusei Yatsura, which is uh, Ataru's girlfriend, who he's just like permanently cheating on to be with Loom, and so all she does is just like her number one things are like, hey, where are you going, Ataru, and getting with other guys who won't treat her as bad as Ataru, which is not hard. Uh, so it's very interesting that like the the shrill harpy girlfriend um circa when when the series started uh in the early 80s um is now like the mature she's got a bit of yamato nadeshko a bit like there's sadness to her but she is like the proper japanese girl as opposed to Kay, who's to reference back to andy talking about uh azure lane is kind of like a foggy idea of what an american girl must be like <laughs> I'm enjoying yeah, so just, it. I'm I'm happy to watch more. I it, I I wonder if there's going to be a plot because I know that the the TV show got canceled before the last two episodes. Back when that was something that conce- could conceivably happen to any mm. piece of the visual media, um, and so they made an OVA of the last two episodes. But like at this point, seven episodes in, I do not see a plot that like had to be finished. Like where if we if. If 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 episode seven was the last episode of Dirty Pair ever, I'd be like, okay, I guess it's all the stories they had to tell. And so I'm surprised that they got to 24 episodes and there were two more. And they're like, we got to get these yeah. last two episodes. It definitely has a feel of, of something like um, uh, uh, that things like Indiana Jones were trying for of this sort of matinee stories like where it's just they rock up, something happens next next time not necessarily a huge amount of throughput from one episode to the other and kind of good for that just because it allows them to be as carefree and like if if like you had every person whose stuff they had messed up <laughs> following them like you'd have like this cast of thousands a league of evil that's like yeah, yeah just, just following <laughs> them around it with this complete and utter disaster they've done like one of the th- it makes th- it makes you uncomfortable when they're like bragging that they've done a good job. Like there's with, when they save the crystal, they're like, "Oh, haha, we actually saved it." You thought that we blew it up because we blow up everything, but no, we have this crystal. And I'm like, it's gonna like jolt, and the crystal's gonna like hit the roof of the of the ship and shatter. I expected the which is something that happens in Cowboy Bebop, if I'm not wrong. Like they think that they got away with like the million dollar prize, and then they just it just breaks because someone drops it. Um. They aren't as hard luck as Cowboy Bebop, though. But yeah, <laughs> um, like the the this weekend anime people reviewed it, and they're just like, so so Kay and Yuri are in an old are in an open relationship with each other, and also like hoping to meet handsome men, right? And I don't know if that's a valid interpretation, but they are very close friends who like spend all their time together in a way that would be kind of weird outside of an anime. Um, but there is like a, I mean, there are running jokes that stick through. Like they, uh, they to stop this like berserk computer, they like blow up this computer tower that like 
has a list to it. And like literally five episodes later, they go back to that city and the tower is still like at an angle and they're still fixing it from them, which is as much continuity as I think I need, honestly, but it's very funny. <laughs> like they're just, cause everybody, when they find out who they are, they're like, Oh shit, it's the dirty pair. And they're like, don't call us the dirty pair. <laughs> dirty pair to Ina. It's just <laughs> lovely angels. It's so, yeah, that, that part is good. And I'm interested to watch all of the TV show and then eventually watch the OVAs and find out why you consider the OVAs so much better, Duncan. I don't want I your think, answer for why, but... It may just be a simple... I think one thing to For its era, Dirty Pair seemed quite genre-savvy. Like, it's it's quite aware of, the, of tropes. It's not parody, but it seems to be aware of its audience's expectations regarding what the future might be like and to play off those and not subvert, but just have fun with them crumbling down <laughs> into absurdity. But I, I'm, I'll be interested to see, as you say, what, what it'd be like when you get through to the movies, because one of them has a, like, there's a certain bleakness to one of them's ending, which, like, as we said, like, Disaster is funny in most episodes of Dirty Pair, but when you spend a movie length with the characters who are going to, in the end, be the people who suffer that disaster, it can be a bit strange. I'll be interested to see what you think of that. No, I, I do agree because the pacing of these episodes is very strange. Um, not very strange. That's overselling it. It's strange that... Oftentimes, I'll feel like the episode's just finished starting, and then the eye catch for the middle of the episode will go. So it's often that, like, the first half of the episode's entirely set up, and then the second half of the episode is almost entirely hijinks. And I do not know how you would expand that formula beyond the 22 and a half minute mark. Um, because it's so, it's like literally the past three episodes, I've literally been like, they've been like, they do, da -da, da -da, and they're like posing for guns gun hands and stuff and i'm like oh it's the middle of this episode i thought we were done with like the first five minutes now the episode was going to start like stuff was going to start happening but it's always like crammed into like the end and very often it's just them like running around while shit's blowing up and they're like we got to do this we got to do that like it's they aren't like professionals pulling off a plan sometimes they are but most of the time like one of them does not respond proportionately they start a chain link of reactions inside whatever ship or building or world they're on. And then it's just the rest of the episodes watching that play out, watching them run around like chickens with their head cut off, trying to get off the planet before it blows up or something. So yeah. So that narrative sensibility mapped out to 90 minutes sounds wild. And I will, I will be, I will be happy to see it. And in the meantime, like even the most boring episode is just, it's fun. Mm. They, they ruined someone's life really hardcore every single episode, which is <laughs> kind of funny in a schadenfreude way. Like, someone is going gonna, is gonna to have the worst night of their lives when the dirty pair show up, and that lives up to the name. So good for them, honestly. <laughs> is that, that, that di dissonance between the, the scale of the disaster and the pettiness of their actions is just choice. Yeah. And they're not, like, stupid either. It's not like they are doing this out of foolishness. It's just that, like, they've got a lot to prove. And so they're going to use the big guns. And it's your fault that you were standing in front of that reactor control panel when I when I tried to shoot you. Uh, this isn't my fault. Anyway, and they complain yeah, about going on vacation. Like, they don't, they, don't, they don't get enough vacation hours from their boss, too. It's, oh, it's so... 
it's very 90s anime, which I find nourishing. I enjoy it in Urusei Atsura. I enjoy it in Hell. I mean, the guy who worked on this worked on Space Runaway Ideon, too. He was a, he was a unit director for that, I think. So it's just of an age, and I'm enjoying that, even if I wish there was more plot. I kind of wish I'd picked Magic Knight Ray Earth, but that's because I want to I wanna have my last April experience of Escaflone again. I'm That's what I'm in the mood for right now. But I know both, I both of you guys have um, backed the Kickstarter for it. Yeah. Have they That's why I watched give, this. Yeah. Have Fine. they given you any idea of when they're hoping to, to fulfill their, their thing? No. no, absolutely not. So it'll I be just... a while until I, I get to, to know whether or not you think the the translation to Blu-ray and crystal clear stuff is, is worth it. Cause I, well, I've only seen so, someone might have in an inadvertently seen or even downloaded a rip of the Japanese oh. Blu-rays uh, and those are lovely. Naughty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> honestly the, the spider web thing I was rhapsodizing about uh, for like a impact. I don't think you could have seen that clearly at all in standard definition so mm. uh that mm. already it depends i hope they don't like do a not invented here thing it sometimes happens with uh western masters of old japanese footage but no i'm i'm optimistic but yeah it's supposed to be 16 to 18 months from now okay. that we get that and if there's a kickstarter that hasn't been delayed i haven't heard about it so probably yeah. 20 months mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I also like I, personally. I'm really not interested in them even dubbing it. Could not give two fucks. Um, they had to do that for the area. They had they had that area Kickstarter, and the whole thing that got like them coverage was like this is this is a first ever dub of an old classic work. I think dubs are just to get them in the headlines, and then if they get like like just one of the stretch goals was a 5.1 DTS remaster of the audio for Japanese, and I'm like, good. I'm glad we hit that because that's. That's what I'll be listening to. But also, like, <laughs> sorry, dubbers. That, I'm sure you're great. <clears throat> that sounds like something that's just in the fucking like Blu-ray origin, originally, right? Like that Blu-ray remaster is 5.1 as well. The Japanese one, I think so. That they're just taking a rip off. So it's wild that they're not including that. That's a stretch goal. It's like I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a, a matter of having to pay another another company that has partial rights to the to the audio or something. Yeah. Japanese rights navigation. There's an Answerman article where he talks about like someone's like I have this anime show I really love. I have a fair amount of money. I could probably get it licensed. I could I think I could afford to get it licensed. How do I do that? And he's like you can't afford like no. There's there's so many corporate entities you'd have to interact with. It's it's virtually impossible for someone without the like the pre-existing corporate contacts to to make this sort of Unless thing happen. You're, you're Elon Musk, <laughs> and you just suddenly decide that that yeah. uh, your disaster capitalism needs uh, the dirty pair remaster. It really is not who you know; it's what you know. Sorry, it's not what you know; it's who you know for Japanese. That's an optimistic <laughs> long way around. Uh, and pro corruption. Yep. Okay. Well, um, maybe I'll tune back in once I've finished, or possibly even once I've released, I've re- gotten the released Blu-ray, which who knows when that'll happen, as we just alluded to. But yeah, Dirty Pair. Um, cool stuff. Gonna just keep keep eating away at Duncan's expertise. Then he can have a vacation like the Dirty yeah. Pair girls want. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. 
So that is going to be it for our next episode. Tune in. We will be talking about what is anime's fascination with maids and butlers. Just rolled that up right now. <laughs> Apologies in advance, everybody. Three yeah. people voted on it. It's <laughs> That's the rules. Did I? You were one of them, Andy. Oh, was I? Whoops. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, 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 he can work his Kang Coley stuff into that because all the yeah. British ships are made. So. Really? Uh, well, wow, that's as you're laying there, all are. I think not yeah. Kang Coley. I mean, I'm going to watch all of Kang Coley by next episode. Stay tuned. I'll watch all of Azure Lane. Promise you that. <laughs> okay, Can't promise cool. Azure Kang Coley. We'll hold you to it. Great. 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 Uh, so, yes, butlers, maids, uh, just watch uh, the Melancholy of Harusuzumiya shorts and you'll get both of them at once. Or uh, yeah. I think Haganai has maids and butlers both in it. Or Black Butler. Or uh, yeah, Dragon Maid. Or <laughs> so many maids, so many butlers. And also... I'll tell you the combat ra- butler. Yes, yes. And Man, that was a, of its time. I think that's it. <laughs> If you if you held a gun to my head and asked me to tell the difference between D. Gray Man and Hayate the Combat Butler, I would lose, even though they're <laughs> completely different anime. They came out at the exact same time. My fucking tedious friends. I love you, James, Kazim, Abel. Uh, would be like, oh, D. Gray Man's so awesome. And I'm like, is that the guy who's a butler? Because he's like a gray. And like, no, it's he's an alien reborn in a like good dude's corpse. Or uh. that that era of anime. <laughs> There's like a level. lost, like <laughs> lost, like tears in the rain. Uh, Just like circa 2006, 2008. Who knows what was airing on anime at that time? Yeah. No one. No. Rate, review, subscribe to us <laughs> on the podcast platform of your choice. Find us on Twitter at KeyframesPod. Uh, find us on Facebook, Keyframes Podcast. Email us questions at KeyframesPodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your favorite anime made. Tell us your favorite anime butler. Is it Black Butler, the only one I know? Uh, and finally, tell a friend. Maybe not about this one, but though. Not about any friend. Uh, I would tell uh, your friend who recently just decided to get high instead of writing a dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell your friend who every time you call them to come over, they destroy like a large part of your apartment and possibly <laughs> just make your life objectively worse. Uh, but they're good. They, they, they try hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay. As, as, or I would tell your friend who decided, uh, instead of choosing a career path, just wanted to wear a cute uniform. <laughs> I would tell your friend who's thinking of joining the Navy because there are a lot of cute <laughs> girls in it. In ridiculous costumes. <laughs> We're torturing Duncan. Say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> good thighs, everybody. Because she has really good thighs. She has very good thighs. Bye. Bye. <laughs>